good morning, everyone. I don't know about you guys, but um, I have a confession to make. My name is Jay, and I am very directionally challenged. And by that, for whatever reason, um, it, it, it's kind of crazy, but before Google Maps came out and all the, you know, the, the, the apps and the maps and what have you on your phone, um, man, alive, I just, I had the ability to get lost from anywhere. I mean, seriously, I am very, very directionally challenged. But the funny thing about it is, for whatever reason, I seem to be a person who, I guess, looks like they know where they're going or knows how to get there because I can't tell you the number of times that people have just stopped as maybe I'm on my walk in the morning or um, just outside, will stop and ask me directions. And I'm thinking, man, oh man, you have no idea who you're asking here for directions. Um, how many of you have ever had someone ask you for directions? Anybody? Okay. I mean, you just know someone who's, you know, been asked. Okay. Well, interestingly enough, um, for those of you who have ever given directions to someone else, how many of you are strictly map people? I mean, you go by the map. Anybody? All right. My wife is a map person, all right? How many of you are landmark people? You know what I'm saying? It's like you go by landmarks. I am a landmark person, big time, all right? When things change and things disappear, I'm in big trouble, okay? How many of you just know that you, you just direct them to someone else and say, hey, you better ask someone else? I, I'm just honest. I, I, don't, I don't really don't know where I'm going. Well, I've got to tell you, for better or worse, being the landmark, uh, landmark direction giver or landmark person, I am a landmark direction giver as well. And so, admittedly, some of my direction giving can be somewhat entertaining. For instance, one particular time in Virginia, um, someone had asked me for directions, and I said, uh, yeah, just um, keep going straight until you see the big piles of sand that look like a deformed rhinoceros, Okay. When you get there, you, you go until you, you, you start to smell this really strong skunk odor. And then after that, you slow down and you turn right past the big parking lot um, with the John Deere tractors and keep going until you get to the deer crossing sign that has a bullet in it. Um, and when you get there, make sure you bear left until you see the big pine tree that's been cut off at the top. That's the place. It's a well-known fact in the Nicholas clan that um, I'm very directionally challenged. And literally, I can get lost and get people lost without even trying, all at the same time making it very, very entertaining. I mean, what can I say? It's, it's a gift, okay? And while being directionally challenged in a geographical sense can be somewhat entertaining, I have to admit that being directionally challenged in life can be downright frustrating. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm assuming that I'm not too far off realizing that there are some of us here that can relate to what I'm saying. My guess is that some of us walked in today or some of us are watching online and we're at a place in our life right now where, man, we're just directionally challenged. We've got some things that are facing us and we're really not sure what direction to go in. 
we're really not sure where to turn, where to go, whether to move ahead or to, to, to stand still. If you've ever been there or if you're there right now, this message is for you this morning. Um, let's just pray together, can we? Father God, uh, we just pause this morning and um, we pray for our church. We pray for Sunlight Community Church. We pray for our pastor this morning. We ask God that you would just watch over him, heal his body, um, Lord, and, and all the things that uh, he is um, having to navigate right now. Father, we just lift John up to you and, and his whole family and, and pray for their safety and pray Lord, for their, just their physical well-being, and we ask you, God, to, to lead them. We pray also, Father, for our president this morning, and we ask that you would help heal his body as well as his wife and all of those who have contracted this very infectious disease and, and sometimes even very deadly disease. God, this is a scary thing. Lord, there's ever a time in our generation where we would cry out and say, Lord, we need you. We need a higher power. God, you are that higher power for us. So we cry out to you this morning, and Father, we just ask for your help. Lord, help us to be safe, help us to be strong, um, and help us to be healthy, Father. And Lord, we pray uh, for the rest of this service this morning, pray for this message, God, that your Holy Spirit would speak through your servant and that, Father, you would just help us to hear your words, to believe them, and then to put them into practice. As you have said, Jesus, now that we know these things, we will live a blessed life if we do them. And we thank you for it all in Christ's name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Well, I got to tell you guys, there are certainly a lot of times in my life where I really don't know what to do. Um, that's, that's so encouraging for people to hear from a pastor, isn't it? You know, like... Um, I don't know what to do, but we all get there at one point in our lives where we're looking for guidance and direction from God. I mean, it's, it's a daily occurrence, but there are those special times where it's like, God, what do I do? And I'm, you know, I'm talking more about, I'm not talking about some of maybe the simple things like, oh God, should I have um, Rice Krispies or Wheaties this morning for breakfast? I mean, you know, I, I think we can probably handle that. Talking about those times when you need to hear from God. Which brings us to the main idea of our message this morning, which is simply this. The very thing that you and I so greatly need and desire is the very thing that God greatly desires to provide. God greatly desires to guide each of us in what we call this journey of life. He wants to give us guidance. He wants to give us direction. In fact, this truth is found throughout all 66 books of the Bible. And we're going to read them all this morning. Just kidding. Just seeing if you're awake. Relax. We're not going to go through all 66 books. But we'll take a look at just two short verses of Scripture found in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Maybe for some of you veteran Christians, this is a very familiar passage of Scripture. And from my perspective, some of the greatest counsel on getting guidance and direction for our lives are found in these two passages of Scripture. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, the writer of this proverb, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote and penned these words, which are the very words of God. He says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. 
I have a sneaking suspicion that some of us walked in the door this morning with maybe an extra weight, some heavy decisions that need to be reconciled, made heavier by the fact that we just simply don't know what to do. If that's you, then I have some really good news. In this passage, I think there are four specific directions that God gives us that will help us find the guidance and the direction that we need. And the very first direction is found in verse 5, which is simply this. Start here. In verse 5, he says, this is the place to start. Because sometimes, if you can like just figure out, where do I start? Sometimes I've, I've been at a loss. It's like, man, I'm so messed up. Where do I even start? And the writer of Proverbs says, start here. The first principle for finding direction in our lives is simply this. Trust in the Lord with half of your heart. No, he doesn't say that, does he? Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. That is the place to start. Faith is the place to start. Well, faith in what? Faith in faith. I know a lot of people who have faith in faith, that I can conjure up enough belief and, and somehow everything will be okay. That's not what he's talking about here. He says, trust in who? Trust in the Lord. Who is the Lord? The writer of Philippians tells us that it is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the Lord, which simply means this. He rules. He rules. He is above all things. He created all things. He is the Lord. He is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. He is the one who came from heaven, stepped down from heaven, was born of a virgin, lived a perfect sinless life on this earth, was crucified for the sins of all mankind, was buried in a tomb, and then three days later rose from the dead, and then for 40 days walked upon this earth in a glorified form, then ascended into heaven. And when he ascended into heaven, all those who believed in him received salvation and the gift of the Holy Spirit to abide and live within them. The writer of the proverb, of this proverb was saying that the first place to start, if you want to find direction in your life, is to start by trusting in the Lord, none other than Jesus Christ himself. You see, our faith is only as good as its object, right? I'm sitting in a chair this morning, as if you can see, um, and I had faith that this chair would hold up my weight this morning. Faith is only as good as its object. Let me ask you, what are you putting your faith in? Who are you putting your faith in? So many times I trust in myself. So many times I trust in others. So many times I, I trust in things. I trust in assumptions. But the writer of Proverbs here is telling us, trust in the Lord. Why? Because he's our maker. He's our creator. He made us. His workmanship is in our lives. He gave us a very specific purpose. And he has a plan for our lives. That's what the Bible tells us. He is trustworthy. He will never fail us. But boy, it sure seems like that sometimes, doesn't it? Have you ever failed, or have you ever felt like God has failed you because he didn't do what you wanted him to do? Man, I'm guilty. Scripture says that Jesus Christ 
is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that he never changes, and he never fails. The writer of Proverbs says, look, if you're looking for direction and guidance in your life, the first place that you have to start is by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Place your faith in him. The writer of Hebrews said it this way. He said that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists. And listen to this. He rewards those who diligently seek him. I love the story of the man whose son was having convulsions and having seizures. And while Jesus was was up on the mount with um, Peter and and John, the disciples tried to help the the young man, this this man's son, and they, they couldn't do it. They couldn't help him. And so when Jesus comes down from the, the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, the man comes and he says, if you can do anything, please help my son. And Jesus says, if? <laughs> if all things are possible to those who believe. And I love the man's response. He says, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. <laughs> what a great prayer. I, I find myself praying that all times like, man, I know my faith isn't perfect. So God, Jesus, I really do believe in you. I believe you are who you said you are. When he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus, I believe that. Please help my unbelief. What a great prayer. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. What, what, does, that, what does that mean? Because, man, when I look at that, I think, wow. Am I really doing that? Am, am, am I really trusting him with, with everything that I've got? That scares me just a little bit because I, I don't know if, if, if I've ever done that. And God says, give me what you got. Just give me what you got. You see, that the heart is the control center where our affections and our emotions are born. It's, it's that, that area of, of our being that we make decisions And the writer of this proverb says, trust God with your control center. Allow him to have your complete heart. Give it over to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. This is the place to start. You start with faith. You see, we are saved by grace through faith. And we are also sanctified by grace through faith. The word sanctified literally means this, to be set apart for God's use in in our lives. If you want guidance and if you want direction in your life, the first thing that we have to do is start with faith and give God our hearts. You see, God, that's what it takes. God wants it all. And when he gets it, you and I receive his guidance and direction. We cannot hold back. We have to be all in. Does that make sense? If you're looking for direction right now in your life, if you've got a big decision coming up and you're trying to figure out, what do I do? Pray that dangerous prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief and get ready because he will. He will. He will prove himself to you. You've heard the stories. God, if you're there, (laughs) 
God loves us so much. He knows our hearts. And that's exactly what he wants. He doesn't want just part of us. He wants it all. And he knows if he has our hearts, he has us. Jeremiah said it this way. You will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. And listen to this. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. I love that, don't you? God's not hiding, folks. He's not hiding behind a rock or behind a cloud. He wants to be found by us. But here's what it takes. We have to trust him with everything we are. Make sense? Get it? You're supposed to say, got it. Okay, ready? Let's do it again. Get it? Good. Let's move on. The second direction that he gives in this passage is this. Not only does he say, start here, but after he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, listen to this. Lean not on your own understanding. Trusting and believing in God's Son is the starting point to receiving guidance and direction, but it is far from the ending point. And sadly, I think there are numerous people who attend church and even more people who've dropped out of church who've never really understood this whole idea of this second principle of guidance. And it's simply this. Stop here. In, in, in our neighborhood where, where um, Shelley and I live, we go on frequent walks um, every, pretty much every day. And scattered throughout our neighborhood at intersections, there are these things, they're called stop signs. They're octagon shape. They're red with, with white letters. Have you ever seen them? Has anybody ever seen them? In our neighborhood, apparently no one has because they pay no attention to them. I mean, it's crazy. We'll be walking, and, and we'll just see people just, just go right through the intersection. It's like, stop if you feel like it today. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I think people think, and most people don't feel like it ever, you know? But did you know that God tells us sometimes to stop throughout the scriptures. We, we see this. Um, when when uh, uh, there, there was a lady who was, was caught in, in sin, and Jesus literally told her, stop sinning. Stop sinning and start living. Stop some of these things. There's a principle here that he's saying that if you want to find direction in, in, in your life, you need to stop trying to do it on your own. And I've figured that one out when, when I'm out. I mean, thank God for Google Maps, right? I mean, and they're not perfect either. But I have figured out that there are times when I just need to stop and ask somebody else for directions. There are times that we need to stop leaning on our own understanding because here's what I know. And guys, we're the worst, all right? We are the worst. We don't like to ask anybody for directions. I mean, I think it's just part of being a man, right? We feel like if I have to stop and ask for directions, i got to hand in my man card, you know? But listen to what the writer says. Do not lean on your own understanding. I got this. I got this. No biggie, you know? One time we were in Tallahassee, and uh, when our girls were younger, and I remember our youngest daughter, she looks up and, and, I mean, we were as lost as lost could be. And our youngest daughter says, Dad, are we lost? 
And I said, absolutely not. We just don't know where we are right now. <laughs> the writer of the proverb says this. Lean not on your own understanding. Um, he wrote another proverb in Proverbs 14, 12 that says this. Because, you know, sometimes we really think we got this. And the fact of the matter is we don't. There's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. Now, we would all like to think, and especially us guys here, that we're the exception to the rest of all mankind and that our instincts are always spot on and, we, and they can be trusted in any time. I mean, I know, I've, I felt like that. And the scary thing is the one time when we're actually right, see, I told you, told you, I know where I'm going. <laughs> There's only thing wrong with that kind of thinking. It's just flat out deceptive. There is something within all of us. We, we can deceive ourselves. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like when, I don't know if you have a, a scale at home, when you stand on your scale. And I, I remember uh, there was a time I was just really trying to lose some weight. And I learned that if I, if I kind of just stepped on the edge of the scale, it would be a little bit less. You know, it's like, yeah, see, yeah, I got it, man. That's what it says right there. We can so deceive ourselves. And if you still don't believe me, listen to this little story. How many of you have ever heard of Roy Regal? Anybody? Roy Regal's? Probably not. Well, during the 1929 Rose Bowl between Georgia Tech and California, Tech running back, Stumpy Thomason, that's a football name, isn't it? Stumpy Thomason fumbled the ball. California's Roy Regals picked up the fumble and was hit by a Tech player and spun him around. As he pivoted away from another would-be tackler, Regals began to run toward the goal line. And, and in his mind, he's thinking, oh, man, I'm going to be a hero in the Rose Bowl. People are going to remember me forever. And he just keeps running and keeps running. And, and he's just, I'm sure in his mind, if you've ever played football or, or some type of athletics where you're scoring the goal, you're going to be the hero. There's only one problem with his path. It was toward the wrong goal line. Regals got all the way down to the one-yard line where he was tackled by one of his own players. On the next play, Georgia Tech blocked the California punt in the end zone, resulting in a two-point safety. Those two points ended up being the game-winning points as Georgia Tech defeated California 8-7 in the 1929 Rose Bowl. And the rest, as we might say, is history. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death or a Rose Bowl loss. <laughs> I mean, there are so many times in my life where I think, I know what's right, I know what's right, I know what to do, I got this, I got this, and I lean on my own understanding, and, it, and it's just wrong. It doesn't work out. Now, please, please hear me out on this. I, I remember before I placed my faith and my trust in Christ, I used to think that, man, in order to be a Christian, I have to check my brain at the door because this just seems so illogical to me. Then I remember talking to 
a, a fellow from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes out of the University of Kentucky. And, and I said, I said, John, do we have to check our brains at the door? He goes, no, you don't have to check your brain. He says, but you do have to, to, to check your thinking. You have to check your thinking. And whenever I think, I've got this. You see, another proverb says this, that pride goes before the fall and a haughty spirit. You see, when we think we got this, we're heading for a fall, folks. Don't lean on your own understanding. Sometimes the best thing we can do to get guidance from God is to stop trying to do it on our own. Jesus said it this way in John chapter 15. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Now, that kind of bothers me. I'm thinking, man, I can do a lot of things. When it comes to receiving spiritual guidance, spiritual direction from God, Jesus was saying, you can't do it apart from me. You may think you can, but you can't. That's what he's saying here. If you want direction from God, if, if you want guidance from God right here, right now, then you have to start with faith, trust in Christ, and pray the, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. But the second thing is, you have to stop trusting yourself stop trusting your own instincts because not all of them are right get it good there you go hey you guys were you're catching on this is good okay i'm so insecure i need that feedback okay so just stay with me humor me all right there is a third principle in this passage not only does the the writer of proverbs say First of all, place your faith and trust in Christ. That's the starting point. Secondly, stop trusting in your own way of thinking. It's tainted. And thirdly, he says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And look at this. In all your ways, acknowledge him. The third principle is simply this. Yield. Pay attention to the yield sign in the Bible. It, it, it's, it's so easy sometimes to want Christ to be our Savior, isn't it? I mean, I, I want Christ to be my Savior. Um, I don't want to go to that place called hell. I kind of like the whole idea of fire insurance after this life, you know. Um, and God has promised that to us. But if you really want guidance in your life, if you really want direction then the scriptures tell us that we need to yield our lives to Christ. Not just once, not just twice, but every breath we take, we need to surrender our lives to Christ. We need to yield our lives to Christ. We need to submit our lives to Christ. Because let me tell you something, this is the secret of the Christian life. It's total submission and total surrender to Christ. And I, gotta, I, I wish I could tell you that, that this is how I live every minute of every day. <laughs> I'd be lying to you. There's no such thing as being perfect on this earth. And, and, and to give you an example, I, I, I used to, when, when I first came to Christ, I attended a, a church that taught this. They taught that... When you first come to Christ, he saves you from your sins. He forgives all of your sins. But then 
there's another experience that you need to have, and they called it sanctification. And, and, and in this experience, you pray for this sanctification just like you do um, as you pray for your salvation. And when you get it, you no longer desire to sin. I'm thinking, I want that, huh? <laughs> How many of you would love to have that? Where, where, I mean, you just never are tempted again. You never desire to sin. I mean, people used to get up in the middle of church, and they would give like these, they called them testimonies. And so people would get up and just, you know, hey, I want to praise God for this, praise God. And I remember a guy getting up in the middle of, of church one time, giving a testimony. He literally said this. He says, I just want to thank the Lord for my sanctification. I have not sinned in 12 years. <laughs> I'm thinking, dude, you just blew it. <laughs> Submission and, and yielding ourselves to God. We're not perfect. You're not going to be perfect. Some of you are so hard on yourself. Some of you just won't cut yourself any slack. Listen, you're never going to be perfect on this earth. I hate to burst your bubble. You don't need to be perfect, but you do need to make progress. God wants us to grow. God wants us to mature. That is a biblical ex expectation, isn't it? And, and sometimes we see people who have been in the church for years, and, and we say, oh, that's just how they are. Man, I hope they never say that about me. Probably have. But I want to grow. I want to grow, Aaron. Bill, I, I want to grow. I want to grow until the, the, the time I take my very last breath. And isn't that the great thing about the Christian life? You see, the more I submit and surrender to God, the more I become like him. It's, it's, it's just amazing. The more my character becomes like Christ. James said it this way. He said, submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil. Stand up to him and he has to flee. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. What a great promise. And if you and I want to be guided by God, and we want to follow his plans for our lives, friends, we need to surrender. When Jesus was in the garden, he modeled this for us. Just before he was to be arrested, just before he was to be beaten and flogged and then sent to the cross, Jesus prayed in the garden. And, and this, is, this is fascinating to me. You see, Jesus was fully man. He had flesh and blood, just like you and I. In fact, the writer of Hebrews tells us that he has experienced every type of temptation. You see, to be tempted is not sin. To yield to temptation is sin. Jesus was tempted in every way like we are, yet without sin. He's in the garden and he's praying. He says, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. That's the issue right there, isn't it? Not my will, but yours be done. Let me ask you something. If you really want direction from God, are you willing to submit your desires and your will to his? Or do you just want God to be your Aladdin's lamp? Do you just want the Bible to be your Aladdin's lamp and, and, and quote some scripture and say, if I ask anything in faith believing, I got it. <laughs> wow. 
there's, a, there's a, some initials for that. Um, I call it BS. And we all know what BS means, right? Yeah. Bologna sandwich, right? Yeah. What were you thinking? <laughs> Yield your will to God. And when you do that, get ready. Because he will guide you. He will lead you. He will open up the windows of opportunity. He will help you see them and give you the strength to walk through them. Start with faith. Stop trying to do it yourself. Yield your will to God. Get it? Good. Let's move on to the last point. And Aaron's going to come and um, he's going to play and then Brother Bill is going to come up and he's going to lead us in a time of communion this morning, which I think is so appropriate. The very last principle of these two verses, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll do this. He will direct your paths. And, and one version says he'll make your path straight. And here's the principle. Stay the course. Stay the course. I love Galatians 6, 9. I, I, man, if I could, I would just put a tattoo on every one of the, the guys that I coach. Even if they don't like tattoos, I'd put it on there. Let us, he says, let's not be weary in doing good. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. I love the fact that Jesus is our Savior. I love the fact that, that Jesus is our Creator. He's our Savior. But, but just this past week, one of the devotionals that I read, I, I, it just, I never thought of it. He said, but is Jesus your author? Does he get to write the next chapter of the book of your life? Wow. I don't know about you, but man, I don't write very good chapters. <laughs> and I want God to write my next chapter. Oh, I want to stay the course. But you know what I've figured out? I, I can't do it on my own. I can't keep myself. You leave me to myself, I'll mess up so bad it won't even be funny. It's so predictable. The writer of the Proverbs says, he will make your path straight. He will direct your paths if you stay the course. And here's what I know. Probably some of us this week, maybe even last night, you got off the course. You got off the path. It's so easy to do. I, I've done it. Probably will happen again. God specializes in course corrections to get us back on the path to help us stay in our lane. As Paul said it this way to Timothy, he said, you know, the athletes, they don't get the prize unless they go according to the rules. In track, if any of you have ever run track, you know that every participant has a lane that they have to run in, right? And if they get out of that lane, they get disqualified. God has a lane for us. God has a path for us. And he says, stay the course.
it will be worth it. Everything in this world, everything in this society is trying to chip away and eat away at our faith and to take it away from us and to, to embed doubt and unbelief. Even our own selfish natures, our own way of old way of thinking before we came to Christ haunts us at times. And yes, there is an enemy. His name is Satan, and he has minions, and he is throwing the book at us right now, isn't he? Why is that? Why is it that, that it seems like evil is called good and good is called evil? I'll tell you why. Because the time is short, and the enemy knows his time is short. And he knows we win because of Jesus. His victory is our victory. And here's what he's saying. If you want guidance, you want direction in your life from the Lord, he's saying, trust me. Some of you, as we take communion, that just needs to be your prayer. God, oh, please forgive my unbelief. Help me to believe. Help me to trust you in the way that, that you desire. Some of you need to just acknowledge and stop. Stop trusting yourself and just repent and say, God, please forgive me for going my own way. Man, we all get it naturally, don't we? Some of us, we just need to re-yield ourselves and surrender ourselves to him this morning. Man, that's what I love communion. That's the time to do it. And, and maybe you've never taken communion before because you've never known Christ. Today could be your first day where just before we, we take communion in the Lord's Supper, you can acknowledge Christ as your Savior and as your Lord. You can place your trust in Him and take it with us today. Maybe some of us are here and we just need to say, God, I've, I've gotten off the course. I've gotten out of my lane. Oh, God, help me to stay the course. Put me back. Make my path straight and help me to stay in that lane through your power, through your word, through your spirit. You want to do that this morning? Then pray with me. And then Bill's going to come and lead us in, in a time of the Lord's Supper and communion. Let's do that. Father God, thank you so much for being a God who didn't just create us and leave us to ourselves. You sent your son to save us. You sent your spirit. You gave us your word. You've given us the body of Christ. And, and Lord, through all of these means, Father, you guide us and you lead us. And so, Lord, this morning, we just want to start with trust and faith. Lord, we believe. Help our unbelief. Tell him this morning. Lord, we want to stop trying to do it our way and leaning on our understanding, our own instincts. We want to do it your way. Forgive us, Father. Lord, we, we yield ourselves to you. We yield our wills to you this morning. We submit ourselves to you and surrender every member of our body as instruments of righteousness to you this morning. And God, with your power and your help and your guidance, we will stay the course in your name. Amen.